Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm Jeff, and I'm one of our pastors on our team here, and it is, uh, it's really good to have you today. Um, what I learned in the early days of launching our church, on days like this, I figured out how many people had a condo at the beach, a condo at the lake, or had a friend with a combo, com, condo at the lake, and everybody else who was here, we were just people who didn't know any of those folks. So for all of us who don't have friends with a lake house, uh, I, I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but I'm glad you're here. Uh, we're going to have fun in this last week of our series, Hope Again. And uh, my aim and my goal today is to, is to basically just help you not quit on your hopes and your dreams. Uh, this series really, the goal has been designed to help us uh, stir up some of possibly some of the things that God placed in your heart years ago. Um, some direction, some clarity, some, some identity about who you are in Him. And, and maybe, maybe today would be for some of us who on the outside were smiling. We tend to do that pretty well when we show up to a church. We feel like, oh my gosh, everyone's perfect here. So I've got to show up smiling on the outside, but on the inside, some of us today... Are you, you basically, you're one step away from just giving it all up. Some of you here today are, are one, you know, just small step away from throwing in the towel and saying, you know what, I'm ready to quit on my marriage. I'm ready to just throw in the towel on the direction I was going in my life. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. I know there's probably plenty of guys here this morning that would say, you know, I've been a good boy for quite a while, but man, it's just so hard to be a good boy, Right? It's so hard. Every time I blow it, I'm out back in the doghouse again, and then I'm working myself back up to where she has faith or some trust in me, and it's just a matter of time before I just blow it again. Well, my hope today, my, my aim and my goal today is to, is to just help you not quit, just to hang on to not, not having hope in something. We talked about that last week. Christy shared last week. Our hope is not in something, Right? We know finances can go up and can, can come down. We know we could lose a job tomorrow. Some of you guys are traveling guys who are in sales. You know the sales can happen. The sales cannot happen. Our hope is not in stuff. Our hope's in a person. So at the end of the day, the, the reason we can, we can hang on to hope is because we have Jesus. And he is a legitimate, true Savior of the world who gave his life to offer us, this is, this is what's so crazy and mind-boggling for me, he came to this world to offer us forgiveness and hope in himself. And for me, that has been probably one of the most powerful things in my lifetime because I'm no different than you. You've heard me share stories about losing a mom, uh, starting a church in Atlanta that we were like, rookies at and where we're like did a very poor job of pastoring the church and we had to shut it down in Atlanta as you guys know our story I mean we we have hurdles and we've had hiccups and we've had bumps and bruises all along our lifetime Christy and I have been married 22 years now there there have been times in our marriage that, that you know as being a pastor that I've had to walk up here with a smile on my face speaking about you know like marriage and Christy hasn't talked to me for three days you know what I'm saying Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning, right? Right? Any, anybody showed up like that this morning? We're good today, right? We're good, right? I didn't do anything, did I? 
Because I can, man. I can, I can straight blow it and not even know I've blown it. And then I'm like, gosh, Lord, I'm trying so hard. And over time, what happens, the enemy is the absolute best at eroding not, not his aim and goal uh, at making us have a squabble or causing you to, you know, have a problem in a relationship or something or, you know, to, to lose sight of, you know, your future in life. But his aim and goal is for you to lose your hopes, your dreams, your passion. So we have really hoped in this series that you could hope again and that God would stir up those God-given uh, things he wants to do in your life. Because why? Because God has a clear, cl clear cut plan for your life. He wants to do something in you and through you. Every man, woman, and child, God puts you on this planet and he's got a plan and a purpose for you. We kicked off this series with uh, sort of a theme verse. I'm going to share it with you again because we've talked about this every week. And this has been one I've been, I've been hanging up, you know, places in my house. I've, I've put this you know, just in my phone, and I just refer to it over and over again because this is, this is a hope-filled passage, hope-filled verse right here, and I want to share it with you again. Proverbs 29, 18, and this is the message version. I use lots of different versions, and I bring to you all types of different versions. Message version says it this way. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, you know, we, we've talked about this every week. If we can't see what's going on, if we can't get a glimpse ever about what God's doing, if we can't get perspective of what God's doing, what happens is we stumble all over ourselves, right? Some of you feel like, you know, that my, my life has just been one, one trip, you know, just like I've been tripping for years, right? This is, I've been lost for years. I've been running into the guardrails. I've been going off-road, hitting detours over and over and over again. And some of you today, literally, you're smiling all night outside. You walked in this morning, but inside you are ready to quit. Scripture says, but if we attend to, if we pay attention to, if we seek God and what he is revealing, meaning he is wanting to reveal himself to you, he is wanting you to grasp that he's got a, a marvelous plan for your life, but if we'll attend to and pay attention to what God is doing and wanting to reveal to us, we are most blessed. Our most blessed and best days happen when we are in close proximity of being with the one who loves us, who will never quit loving us. And that's some great news. So let me do this. Let me just pray for us this morning. As we dive into not giving up on our hope, our dreams, and allowing God to continue beyond this series to stir up the hope we can have in him. God, I ask in this next few moments, God, we're going to go quick. God, I pray that the words that would come out of my mouth would be completely yours God, I pray that, that, that this morning we could walk out of here literally transformed because your word is powerful. And you are with us. Your spirit presence is with us today. God, I thank you so much for our worship team setting up this message so well. And, 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 and just having you invited here today, God, is, is just what we hope for. We hope, God, that today each of us would have an encounter with you. In your precious name we pray, amen. Uh, I want to I tell you this morning, talk to you about a guy who probably is uh, the, 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 the storybook picture of the guy who could quit if there ever was a guy who could quit on the direction that God started him out on. 
How many of you guys remember the story of a guy named Joseph in the Bible? He's way, 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 way back in the book of Genesis, like one of the oldest stories in the Bible. It's sort of a testimony to, to people like you and I that we, we you know, we're like, I, I blow it, I make mistakes, I have high times, I have low times. But somehow Joseph was a guy that even through lots of discouragements and lots of setbacks, this guy continued, I don't know if it was because of him or God just gave this guy a whole lot of grace, but he continued to just take small baby steps towards God, and God really did some powerful stuff in this guy, in his life. So in Genesis 37, if you got your Bibles, it's the very first book in the, in the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 37, we'll look at that this morning. Starting at verse 5, it said, Joseph had a dream. Congratulations, Joseph had a dream, right? And I don't know about you guys, but it's not oftentimes that I have a dream, and it's a God dream. Most of the time, it's just like the burrito I had the night before, right? Sometimes I have a dream, and I, I, don't, I, I pray to God it wasn't from God, because sometimes it's, it's crazy, weird junk. My wife told me this last week. Sorry, babe, I'm going to tell this one on you. Last week, she told me she was being attacked by a camel, and then the camel turned into a bear, and then she was on top of my truck with the kids and, and like, got in the truck. And then I was mad at her for getting on top of my truck. And that in the dream, I asked her, well, why didn't you just drive off? And in the dream, she said, because I didn't know where the key was. I said, where was the key? She's like, it was in my back pocket. I mean, that's the kind of dream sometimes we have. So sometimes maybe God will, like, you know, pass on to you, you know, maybe, you know, something for the next day or for the next week, or maybe God will just begin giving you, you know, some clarity about something that you're going through or some direction about maybe where he'd have you go. But for most of us, it's not often we have this earth-shattering dream from God. But God does look for ways to connect with us and to lead us into his, his, his purpose for our lives. So Joseph has this dream. And, and when he told his brothers about this dream, who, who hated him, I mean, his brothers... Joseph and his brothers were not in good standing with each other. Joseph was the, the baby brother, and he had his daddy's heart, or maybe his dad just kind of had to take care of him a whole lot more, where the older brothers got jealous. But for whatever reason, he had older brothers that hated him, and they already hated him. So when he had this dream and began to share this dream with these guys, it says that they hated him all, hated him all the more. So he tells this dream that he has to his brother. He says, listen to this dream I had. Let me tell you what it was going on. We were all binding sheaves of grain out in the field when all of a sudden, suddenly, my, my sheaf rose and stood upright. He's telling this dream to his brothers. He's explaining. He's trying to give them a, a, a mental picture here. My sheaf stood upright while your sheaves gathered around my sheaf and bowed to it. Like, hey, older brothers, guess what? All that was going on with this dream while we were out working, the stuff you were doing, doing and the stuff you were working with all started bowing to me and my sheep. So I'm sure the brothers are going like, oh, yeah, you think that's going to happen? We'll see about that. So the brothers, they really hated this guy. And when you think about not giving up on, on God, not giving up on what God has maybe been leading you towards, not giving up on, like, you know, something you felt like, God led me to this job, God led me to this person, God led me to this place, I'm on the cusp of, like, you know, it's God's the alpha and the omega, right? But sometimes, what about the middle? What about in the middle time, right? What about, you know, I got going, it worked out fine in the beginning, or I'm rounding the end, but what about the middle? What about the journey, the process? Sometimes that's the hardest place, right? So here he gets started out, 
And he is right in the beginnings kicking things off, and it's not going well for him. What I want you to understand and it, as it comes to not giving up your dreams is understanding first and foremost that God does have a plan for your life. God showed up in Joseph, Joseph's life, and he had a plan for Joseph. But right out of the gate, he encountered difficulties, right? Here we are. We're getting started. God's kind of giving me this hope, giving me this future. And, man, right out of the gate, things are going bad. My brothers hate me. Genesis 37, it goes on to say uh, in verse 19, Here's what his brothers started saying after he shared this dream. Here comes that dreamer. They said to each other, come now. And they gathered together his brothers and they plotted. They said, let's kill him. Let's throw him into one of these cisterns and say to our dad that a ferocious animal devoured him. Now, these are, these are, this is beyond sibling rivalry. How many of you guys had squabbles with your brothers or your sisters growing up? Raise your hand. Come on, be, let's be honest. All right, we're in church. We can confess a little bit here, right? We had, I, I, had, I had two sisters. I was the middle. I got, I got, like, you can't even imagine how much trouble I got in with my sisters. I was always getting in trouble from doing something to my sisters. Always. Even my grandmother, who, like, was as feeble as she could be, she spanked me so bad one time that she had to put me in the tub for fear that my parents would show up and thought that, like, they would have to, like, call defects on their own mother, Right? I had marks on my body from my granny that she put me in the tub. That's how bad I was, all right? So these guys had serious, serious rivalry. They hated their brother so bad that they plotted to kill him. One of the oldest brothers said, we can't kill him. So they divided, devised a plan, ultimately, that they would sell off their brother. So when it comes to, like, life, I mean, like, real life, and, and, and this is real life, but this is, this is historical fact that we're bringing the light today. But in your culture, in your circle, in your story that's being written right now, what is it like for you in the midst of your hope or perhaps loss of hope? Some of you today, literally, you showed up and you're hurting inside because what you thought was going to happen hasn't happened. Who you dreamt of you're still dreaming of, right? What you thought you were starting into has changed, and it's just not what you had hoped for any longer. What I want us to understand when it comes to knowing that God has a plan for our life, oftentimes it, it's full of surprises, right? It's full of surprises, and oftentimes when we're following God, it takes time to realize what God's doing. It takes time to realize it's oftentimes getting to where you think God wants you to go. It just takes time. I wish God would oftentimes, when he's giving me, try, when I feel like God's trying to give me clarity on something, when I'm trying to make a decision, when I'm trying to, you know, when Christian and I are praying through decisions about how we raise our kids or as we, we work through a, a strategy team uh, of our church, we're trying to sift through, you know, what we're trying to accomplish, how we're going to get that accomplished. I wish God would just tell me, right? Most of the times I say, God, if you'll just tell me, I'll do it. But oftentimes what God is doing is he is, he is, he is spreading this out in a process because he wants to grow me. He wants to teach me. God oftentimes want, wants me to get A and B before he'll give me C and D, right? Does that happen to you? God oftentimes does that. So oftentimes it takes a longer time to realize what God is doing. Now, in the story of Joseph's life, um, 
we see that there was probably twice as many bad times and bad days as there were, there were good days. Now, I want to show you up on the screen this morning that in Joseph's lifetime, he had a lot of setbacks. I mean, in the, in the story of here, a guy we're reading about in the Bible, that God's like, okay, man, I got something I want you to do in life. I'm going to give you this dream. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set you on a direction, and I'm going to use you for, for impact. I'm going to use your life, and I'm going to make, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to leverage what I'm doing in you for somebody else's forget forever, what we say around here often. But here's what happens in his life. As soon as he hears this dream, his brothers, instead of killing him, they, they end up selling him off into slavery. Here's the first person ever sold off in slavery as far as we know. But Joseph gets sold into slavery, right? Sold into slavery. Now, let me just ask you, is that, is, that's a setback, right? Is that a, um, is that a um, let's see, is that a give up or is that a go on type scenario? That's one you want to give up on, right? That's a give up, right? Sold into slavery, man, that's a give up. That what happens after that is this. All of a sudden, he's living in a strange country far from home. Now, with a little crowd participation, is that a, like, give up, right? That, I mean, if you had that happen, is that kind of like, God, you're not with me any longer. What's going on here? All of a sudden, I'm sold into slavery. I'm no longer with my dad. I have no comfort of brothers, even though they hate me. But now I'm living in a foreign country, different culture. They're forcing me to eat other stuff, learn other things, and trying to erase my heritage. Is that a give up or is that a go on? That's a give up. Y'all can help me with this, right? So, so after that, all of a sudden, something great happens. He's given favor in Potiphar's house. So along the way now, he is in this strange company, and somehow the, the, the guy who's large and in charge of this region notices there's this guy who's smart, he's got it going on, and all of a sudden, Potiphar allows this guy to have favor, and he lets him move into his own house. Now, that's pretty cool. Is that a give up or is that a go on? That's a go on. Thank you very much, right? So let's, 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 let's say that's a go on, all right? Now, now, things are going well. He's like, all right, I must be on track again. God must be with me. God must love me. You know, we're a terrible read of our circumstances, by the way. When circumstances are good, we think God's lo- God loves us. And when circumstances are bad, we think God forgot us. Is that generally how it works? But, but here's what I'm trying to help us see this morning. God always, God's not always working in our timing. God's not always working to just give you the answer or to, or to set you up to where the win is instantaneous. Look at this guy's life. All of a sudden, he's living in Potiphar's house, and all of a sudden, Potiphar's wife makes a pass at him. Joseph's like, whoa, man, this is bad news. I can't, no, 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 I can't do this, right? All of a sudden, she's embarrassed because here's this young whippersnapper who says no to her advances, and all of a sudden, she goes and falsely accuses Joseph to her husband, the guy who just liked him a moment ago. Is this a give up or is this a go on? Right, this is, it's like, oh my gosh, man. I thought we had it going on, but forget this. God has like left the building. This, we might as well just quit now, right? So all of a sudden, he's now, because of this, he's thrown into prison. I mean, here, here's a guy who, who, who surrendered his heart to Jesus. Here's a guy who loves God, right? Put yourself in these shoes. I'm on this planet. I'm trying to pursue Jesus. I want him, I want him to be more Lord in my life. But where the heck are things going? I don't get this. Is this, so all of a sudden he gets thrown in prison. Is that a give up or is that a go on? 
That's, that's like, hey, we might as well just quit throwing the towel. Now look at all this. So far, several years of his life, we've got one thing that looks like that would absolutely resemble God's with me. He hasn't forgotten me. Now all of a sudden, not only is he put in prison, but something begins to morph and change. And as he's in prison, the, the prison guards notice this guy's sharp. We can actually give this guy responsibility. And he gets put in charge of all the prisoners. All right, woo-hoo, you're in prison, but now I'm in charge of all the, all the prisoners. Well, that's, that's better news, right? So is that a give up or is that a go on? All right, God's with me. Wow, you know, well, this is going good. And all of a sudden, after a period of time, this guy who, who's a cupbearer, who's also in prison, says, hey, Joseph, I'm about to get let out of prison, but I won't forget you. When I get out of here, I'll remind the king, I'll remind Potiphar, I'll talk to whoever I can talk to, and I'll let them know that you're stuck down in this dungeon, and I'll help you get out. So all of a sudden, this guy gets out, he forgets Joseph. Joseph stays in prison two more years. Two more years. Is that a give up or is that a go on? That's a give up. Now, this is getting dicey, right? So all of a sudden, he remains in prison for two more years. He's stuck there, and it's just like, it's just pathetic. God, there's no way this is happening. I, I, I was once, like with my father who loved me, I was once in my homeland. God, I thought you were with me. Now look what's going on. Is this, you know, so he's in two more years. I'd give up or go on. All right. Next is, all of a sudden, became second in command in all of Egypt, which is obviously a go on. Now look at this whole page. Look at this. I don't know about you. But I would say there's twice as much setbacks and struggles and opportunities to lose hope than there are things that he can sink his teeth into and saying, God's with me. So this is possibly a little discouraging for you today. <laughs> like Jeff encouraged me. All right, let me encourage you. Let me encourage you this way. Romans 8.28 says this. And we know that in what? What does it say? And we know that in all things, we know, this is what God wants us to know, this is what I hope we can get today, that we can know in all things, that means in all things, in all things, in your marriage, in your finances, in whatever God's doing that you aren't completely clear about now, maybe your physical struggles, maybe, maybe if something that's happened to your parents, maybe it's something that's happened to your kids, maybe it's something that's going on right now that nobody knows about, but you and God. We can know that in all things, God works whatever's going on for the good of those who love him. Why? Because he loves us. God loves us more than we love him. It's not our promise to him, but it's his promise to us. God loved us. God loves us. So that we can know that in all things, those, for those of us that love him, who have been called according to his purpose... We can know that in all things, God's working whatever it is for our good. There were several years in Joseph's life. He didn't have a clue what God was doing, but I can tell you this much. Whenever God is doing something, God is using it for your growth. Whenever God's doing anything, whenever things are crazy, God is using it for our growth. So let me just say this to us this morning. Galatians 6, 9. Don't become weary don't quit. Don't get so tired that you throw in the towel. Even though you're trying to do good, even though you're trying to follow God, don't become weary in doing good. 
for, listen to this, for at the proper time, for God's time, not ours, but at the right timing of whatever God is doing in your life, at the right time, Scripture says we'll reap a harvest. God's not out there trying to, to crush people's faith. God wants to grow your faith so you can continue trusting in Him. You can continue pursuing Him. You can continue saying, God, I don't know why I'm in this mess, but for whatever reason, I'm in it, and I'm not going to quit. God, for whatever reason, this is, this is so painful. I've been betrayed. I've, I've been lost. I've had all this junk happen, God, but for whatever reason, I'm going to trust that you're going to work this for good in my life and for others' lives. I'm not going to quit. And if we don't, if we don't quit, for at the right time, God says we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. What's hard about that is, you've heard the Chase credit card commercial, because I want it all, or I want it all, I want it all, and I want it now, right? Our, everything about our society is like, I want it now. We're not good at waiting on anything. But anything that God is doing in your life, I promise you, it's worth wait. I, I, Christy and I, one of my wife's statements is, over our 22 years of marriage and then her life before our marriage and my life before our marriage when we were young, we probably wouldn't have, we wouldn't have chosen any of the hard roads. We'd have never chosen any of the difficult times. But I can look back over every one of those difficulties, and I can see some silver linings in it. I can see some God activity, and I can see where God was leveraging it for my growth. One of my favorite verses, 2 Samuel 14, 14. In fact, we use this all the time when we explain our church in terms of, you know, our purpose as a church is helping people find their way back to God. Second Samuel 14, 14 says God doesn't just allow life to slip away and be swept away, but instead he leverages it, leverages all the struggles, all the difficulties to bring us back to himself. God, God is leveraging all the junk all the circumstances, all the difficulties to bring you in a closer, closely attuned relationship with him. He wants to grow you through this process. So I want to give you three principles as we close this morning. Three things that you can hang your hat on. Now, I want to give you three things today that I would say this, this, is, the, this, is, the, this is the, this is the, this is the stuff that I refer to in my life that has helped me stay on target. And I can, I, I, I'm going to share a story with you in a minute that, 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 I, that you'll know that I'm not, um, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fellow journer, sojourner with you in this journey of following God. I can get twisted and, and, and lopsided at times also. But I want to give you three principles you can live by. Write these down. Number one, recognize and value the process. Recognize that God is doing something and value the process. Don't try to escape the process. Don't beg and pray, God, please get me out of this. God, God may not want you out of it. God may want you in it because if you're not in it, you won't grow to where he wants you to go. Can I just tell you, God's, God's less concerned. I know it sounds harsh. But God is less concerned about your comfort and more concerned about your character. If you're in the thick of it, then God will use it to grow us. 
Let me give you this verse. 1 Peter 1, 6-7 says, so be, so be truly glad. There is, there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. Sometimes it doesn't feel like a little while, does it? Sometimes it feels like this has been going on and on and on and on. But in the grand scheme of things, in God's economy of eternity, this home not being our home for the Christ follower, it is for a little while. It says that these trials will show up that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than gold, so when your faith remains strong many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day that Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Every storm, every storm is a school. Every struggle is God growing you. God is more interested in your character than your comfort. I, I love my kids, how they wake up sometimes um, in the mornings when we get ready to go to school. They all say, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to school, Dad. I'm like, one day you're going to leave this place, hopefully sooner than later. You got to go to school. You got to go to school because one day you're going to grow up and not, you're going to support your mom and dad, all right? We're reversing the whole thing. You do well in school and one day you're going to help us, all right? It's the same thing with God. God allows us and affords us some really wonderful growth experiences. James says it like this, consider it pure joy. I don't know a whole lot of people that are like, "Woo, man, I love it when I'm going through hard times. But James says, consider it that way. That we ought to literally be joyful when we recognize that it is difficult and hard because God is growing us. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many, ki many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Second thing is this. Credible principle here. Refuse, refuse, absolutely refuse to let setbacks stop me. Do not let setbacks stop you. Look at Joseph's life. I mean, he had to be like, hook a brother up, God. This is terrible. I've been sold. I've been in prison. I've been falsely accused. My name is Mud. Jesus is probably going like, God's going, it ain't about your name, bro. It's about my name. Stick it out. Stick it out. Don't quit. Refuse to let setbacks stop you. Genesis 50, 20 says this. You intended it to harm me. That's, that's our enemy. He intends it to harm you. But God, whatever's going on, God intends it for what? For good. We've got to believe that. We've got to trust that. We've got to trust in the process. Ephesians says, for our struggles not against flesh and blood. How many of you all know it's not about your fight with your spouse? It's... He or her, that's not your enemy. Your, your best friend that betrayed you, he's not the enemy. They're not the, vic, they're not the victims, they're the victimizer. I mean, they're not the victimizers, they're the victims. We, we, you guys know this, that hurting people hurt others, right? Our wrestle is not against flesh and blood. When people have problems with each other, it's really not against each other. Scripture says it's against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil. The enemy, can I tell you this, the enemy wants to stop you dead in your tracks. Let me just be honest this morning. There has been times in my life that I have wanted to quit. 
There's been plenty of times in my life that I've wanted to quit and my alarm's going off. As a pastor, can I just tell you, it's not always easy leading the church. And I, you, you've heard me share stories about losing a mom. You've heard me share stories about launching a church or, you know, shutting a church down in Atlanta or some of our craziness of launching this church. We had a facility that we were, we, we, had, we were in contract to have. At the very last moment, that contract, they tore it up, and we didn't have a facility to launch. And my wife and I were like, God, I thought you were in this. I thought you led us to Columbus, Georgia. And then all of a sudden, the church, church exploded, and everybody was like singing my church praises. And, and, and my wife and I were like, man, this is awesome. This is easy stuff. First Sunday, 625 people. We're pretty good at this. Wow, this is awesome. And then the next Sunday, I think we had like 500. The Sunday after that, we're like 400. And like a few more months, we're like down to 300. We're like, God, this is not going the direction I thought. I mean, you know, this was just rocking. Can I tell you that over the last 15 months, it's been the hardest days of my life. I mean, oftentimes it's easy to talk about stuff way back then. Can I, but I tell you that for me personally, it's been the last hardest, hardest days of my life in the last 15 months. Hardest days. There's been many, many days I've wanted to quit. That I've said to God, you should have picked somebody else smarter. You should have picked someone else more equipped. I used to brag about the fact that I would never, ever, ever give up, never quit. But there's been times that I've got weak in the needs and I, I can't hear that still small voice of God saying, hang in there, buddy, hang in there, buddy. You got this, you got this. There's been days in my life where I've walked up on this stage and I've just looked at you and I've thought, oh, my gosh. What in the world are these people doing here? They don't have a clue. In this last year, I, I went through the hardest experience of my life. I was... Completely burnt out prior to eat this last year. Burnout. Burnout. I used to mock other pastors who wrote books about being burnt out. I'm like, you're a pastor. You get to hang out with people. Until all of a sudden I realized, like, wow, I, over time, I, I, I don't know what to do with the, all these people. I don't, know how to, I don't know how to help them all. And I remember there was probably three months I didn't sleep at all for going to bed with this guilt and shame that I was letting somebody down. I, I, I've been going to a counselor for several years. 15, 16 months ago, my counselor said, you rank in the top 95 percentile of being depressed. I'm like, depressed? Those people are weird. What's up with depressed? I learned that 70% of pastors are in depression right now. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. That's for people who are like quiet little introvert people that are all alone. Like, I'm the most extrovert person in the world. Uh, that, that doesn't jive. And so over the last several months, man, what God has been doing in my life is just showing me, listen, I got a plan. I got a purpose. This is, these are setbacks. There are oftentimes I look at our church and I think, this is not exactly how I thought it would happen. I never thought we'd launch with 625 people. I never thought many of the wonderful things would happen, but I never thought we would like, over our complete staff and have a whole new team from a year and a half ago. I never thought that would happen. I look at all this and I'm thinking, God, what's wrong with me? And I hear God now saying, in hindsight, don't quit. Don't quit. I have a plan and I am working all things for your good, for the good 
of this church for me so that people would find their way back to God. And I can tell you this much. In the last several months, God has been more real in my life than ever before, ever before. And I have come to get to know God in new ways that I've never known him before because I am the, I am the, I am the guy that always has some crutches. Oftentimes, I'll, I'll want to lean on my awesome, intellectual, smart, beautiful wife. Oftentimes, I will want to lean on some safety, like, wow, we got this awesome church. Our finances are fine. I'll lean on that. But God, God oftentimes, for me, for me, he'll strip away those crutches where I got nothing else but to lean on him. And so I want to just tell you this morning, I'm no different than you. If you came here today and you're smiling on the outside but on the inside, you're ready to quit, here's I want to give you one last point. Remember, remember, God is always with you. God is always with me. And the number one lie of the enemy is God has forgotten you. And that's a lie. God is always with you. You, Psalms 139, 8 says this, if I go up to the heavens, this is metaphorically speaking, this is David in his harshest days talking about where is God? What's been going on in my life? And in clarity, in, a, in some moments of clarity, as God reveals this to David, he says, if I go up in the heavens, guess what, God? You are there. If I make my bed in the depths, if it's all a mess, if it's all hit the fan, God, you are there. If I rise up on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, wherever I'm at, if even there your hand will guide me, your hand, right hand, will hold me fast. Guess what? Whatever your struggle, whatever your breaking point that you think is the thing that you can't go beyond, God is with you. And he will use every bit of life's harshest blows to grow you, to shape you, because he wants to make you into somebody that is more usable and more ready to be used than ever dreamt. The great news is God's not finished with all of us. God's not finished with any of us and wants us to lean in closer to him and say, God, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to hang on to you, who is my source and my strength. Today, your hope is in a person in Jesus, and he loves you. Let's pray together. God, we love you, and I thank you, Jesus, for giving your life ours. I thank you, Jesus, for giving your heart, your love, your grace. God, you stood in our place and forgave us. God, we we did wrong and continue to do wrong and continue to lose faith and continue to blow it. But God, you stood in our stead, in our place, in our place, and gave your life on a cross and gave us salvation. Because of you taking the sins of the world, taking our junk and making us right before God, God we have hope. We can have hope. God, help us be reminded that this 
this place, this earth is not our home. God, I, I believe wholeheartedly that we, we are in the last days. There's no, there's no doubt. Or at least in the beginning of the last days, God, with all that we see going on around us, stuff that is in the Bible is like precursors of the end is near. God, whether we, where we are at, wherever we are at, God, beginning to the end or just maybe you'll be back tomorrow. I don't know. We don't know. But God, I pray that every person here today, every person would bow a knee to you and just say, God, if you've never done this before, if God is wooing your heart right now, that you would simply say, God, I want you to be the leader and forgiver of my life. It's been bumpy. But God, I recognize you love me and I need you. God, come into my life today. Be my Savior and be my forgiver. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, amen. I want to encourage you. If today was the first day that you gave your life to Christ, I want you to let us know. Maybe grab one of our staff guys on the way out this morning. Say, hey, would you pray for me? I, I made Jesus leader forgive my life. Or let us know on one of our communication cards. Our host teams are going to come. We're going to close with an offering. If you made God your leader forgive today, let us know on that card. We're going to close with an offering. And I, I just want to let you know, as we say often, if you're a guest today, be our guest. And if you're in a place today where you lost hope financially and you have had some major setbacks and you, you can't pay the light bill or whatever it is this week, something just dramatic, this offering bucket comes by and you need what's in it, I want you to be our guest this week, okay? Take what you need. Take what you need this week. I mean that. They pray for this offering. God, I pray you use these resources for somebody else's forever. God, I pray that you would use these funds to help every man, woman, and child in this city to find their hope.